Begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It's Chris, aka Star Raptor, here for another episode of Outer Rim Transmission. It's not just any episode. This is a milestone episode, everybody. This is episode 100 of the podcast. Uh, technically, I was doing eight episodes of these things, or seven episodes doing interview shows before Outer Rim Transmission became the podcast that it is today with these two gentlemen here, Milton and Ben. So yeah, we're going to take a little time to just talk about hey, how, how things been going as far as podcasting. You know, a lot of podcasts I'm, I'm sure probably don't even last nearly as long as a as, uh, hundred episodes. So that's a triumph in its own right. So yeah, we're going to talk, of course, about that. But we're also here to talk about the Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 13, the, uh, Pabu, as well as The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 3, Chapter 19, The Convert. Yes, it's trying to remember those off the top of my head without screwing them up is a triumph in its own right sometimes. But anyway, how's it going, Mill? I mean, see you last week. Oh, can you guys hear me? Oh, can I? Yep, I can hear you. I can hear you, Chris. Okay, I think he was muted. What's up, Bill? Nope, I can hear you. Uh-oh. He's coming in and out. He's coming in and out, everybody. Yeah. I'm good, fellas. I was glad. As when I'm normally not... What? Okay, there we go. Um, there we go. When I'm not here, that's when real life in. So I apologize for not being here last week. But no, I've been good. Just ready to get back to talking some Star Wars and, um, you know, talking about these incredible episodes of Mandalorian and Bad Bats this week. So let's get into it. Incredible. All right. I'm, I'm ready for the hype area. Bring on the hype. Bring on the excitement. What about you, Ben? How's your week been? Just tell us how it is, man. <laughs> yeah, it's been a it's been a good week so far. Um had a good time watching Star Wars like normal. And then, of course, you know, ended the week off by celebrating our 100th episode of the podcast. Like, what a what a better time, you know, to, to celebrate this milestone than talking about these, you know, these shows going on versus it being in a time when we don't have anything to talk about. Hell yeah. So we're, we're going to start with that right off the bat. 100 episodes. Uh, I know, Ben, you're one of the people that were like on my case about this. I think it started in 2019. <laughs> At Star yeah. Wars Celebration, I it was a weird time, right? I was getting messages on Twitter from multiple people like, hey, are you at the convention? I was like, maybe he's one of those people. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, wait, who am I juggling this conversation with? Do I know you in real life? I don't know what's going on. But <laughs> and eventually after the convention, when things settled down, I was like, oh, yeah, podcast. Let's let's do a podcast. And at the time, you know, I obviously was in the middle of this YouTube channel. It's been around since 2015. And I just said, eh, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. And here I am listening to Star Wars podcasts all the time. Vaguely yep. curious. I've been guests on podcasts um, a few times before before the celebration in Chicago 2019 when we started talking about this. And then I think it was a whole nother almost year before I decided to say, all right, you know, let's try this darn thing. And uh, and it's been, it's been good ever since. Uh, we've had many guests, which has been really fun, like last week. Milton, we had Becca from Tarkin's uh, Tarkin's Top Shelf on there. So we had so many great guests throughout throughout this time here, which has always been fun. We've had a lot of great um, discussion topics, a lot of fun tangents, as you could always expect here at Outer Rim Transmission when it comes to certain topics that come up from time to time. We've done commentaries here, so we've had a lot of fun, and you know, there's no signs of stopping. Uh, that's for sure. So yeah, I'll throw it over to Milton, man. Um, 
do you have some 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 memories that you really want to point out or anything specific that this this podcast has done for you personally Okay, so it looks like we're having a little bit of technical difficulties uh, with Milton tonight. Uh, I'm going to throw this over to Ben. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for me, yeah, like you mentioned, Chris, you, you know, you were, you, we start, you started out, you know, doing like this little interview series and stuff um, on here on your channel. And then uh, you had me on like as one of the like earlier guests and then. You know, as you can attest to our viewers and listeners, you know, I was one of the people like harassing you constantly, like saying, come on, you got to start a podcast. You got to start a podcast. Like I was like hardcore pushing Chris, like, hey, you got to you got to got to do a podcast, man. So uh, it was great seeing you like take that plunge. And then, of course, you know, going back to our first episode on the podcast of um, yours and mine, when you interviewed me, you know, we talked for like two and a half hours um, on air or on the podcast about, you know, the classic Gendy Tartakovsky Clone Wars oh, series. Yeah. And that, of course, it was just was a blast. And then we sat for another hour and a half after we finished our podcast. We sat for another hour and a half talking more Star Wars. We were on that call for like four hours total that night, which really? was just... Oh, crap. Yeah, yeah, because that was back when um I was dating my, my ex at the time. Because I remember she... She like, you know, we finished the podcast and she she texted me and was like, are you ever coming out of your room? Because I'm sitting out here in the living room by myself and you're still sitting there talking to that guy about Star Wars on Skype. And I was like, uh, whoops. But, you know, the good good Star Wars chemistry there. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Hey, hey, Milton, I think we got you back. All right. Is there, that we better? Go, there we go. Oh yeah, much better. There's there like much a better. severe delay, and you're coming in, coming out. Though, like it was, it was very odd, but I think we're, I think we got it. Okay, so sorry about that, people. <laughs> you know we're live, so you know it's yep. real. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, um, yeah, I, I remember Ben, you doing your interview episode with Chris because that's how I got started. I mean, I know I was on YouTube for a, like a short period of time, um, and then I that's how I met Chris originally, and then I met with him via YouTube on his, I guess, his page to do like an hour and a half long um, Star Wars podcast. Kind of, he was still getting in his groove of figuring out what he wanted to do. But no, it's crazy how 100 episodes is here for us. Mm -hmm. We're still kicking forward. I mean, I don't know how many years this is going to last. Obviously, I'm not thinking that far, but with what we've discussed over the past, I guess what it's been almost a year, two years. Yeah. Has it been two so. years? Yeah. Let me, I could go yeah. back and look for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm like that. Like, I mean, I know there's been breaks to the holidays and whatnot, but, um, we've had a lot of good discussions about star Wars and where, where it currently is, where it was, where, you know, where we see it going in the future, our likes or dislikes. So that's, what's nice about, having any discussion about Star Wars, anything that you like in general with a group of guys that you have that common ground with. You know, you mm -hmm. can have discussions, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, but you can still, at the end of the day, still walk away from it and say, hey, you know what, that was a good discussion. It was nice to, you know, expand conversation. So, yeah, it, it's, it's always good to be a part of something this special. 
because not a lot of people have the opportunity, know how, or even courage to start something like a podcast or a blog or anything to that nature. So yeah, like that's, that's what I take away from this and, and looking forward to do this conversation, whether it's weekly or every other week or whatever, you know, we get this opportunity. It's always good just because, you know, we, we, we have the opportunity more than now to ever express ourselves. I mean, people weren't doing podcasts 20 years ago. Nope. You know, so I mean, when you, when you, when you wanted your star Wars blog or your star Wars, you're like dirt. Yet you're like go into like the, on the internet when it was you know dial up. It was slow. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't find that information. You had to wait until the magazines come out. Now people can break stories off of Twitter or Instagram like that. So it, yeah. it's nice to have that 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 instant that instant reaction, but also that instant um, availability to mm-hmm. Star Wars and to the fandom. So yeah, I, that's what I take away from doing this podcast and just you know being a Star Wars fan in general. Heck yeah. So to be specific, March or May 23rd, 2021. So we're actually coming up on the two year anniversary of the podcast. That'll be a whole celebration in its own right there. (laughs) But I like what you said. I I like what you said there, Milton. Um, Just the the fact that there's an outlet. Not a lot of people have opportunities to have like minded people to just speak to on a regular basis about very nitty gritty things like this. Um, you know, it's important for people to express themselves. And what I like is having, having a podcast, getting different types of people on here, right? Whether it be from different backgrounds, different ages, uh, different ethnicities, everything else. Like it's, it's cool because everybody has a voice and it's nice that I can give people a platform to hang out and just and just have fun and, and talk about their favorite, you know, sci-fi space fantasy there. So you know, giving people enjoyment like that, and and uh, yeah, it's funny because you know we've we've been doing this for so long, and and it's crazy because neither of us have none of us have actually met in person. One of these days, yeah. we're gonna make it work. There better be a celebration in New York, and then there's no excuse for us to at least meet <laughs> one day. Um, so or or Philly, right? Philly is a good one. Um, so we're still trying to make those plans happen at some point in the future, but uh, it just shows you that you know, thank, thankfully we have the internet, we have the technology where it is where we can feel like we're a part of the same room, even though we're we're far apart. Oh yeah, I mean that's I think that's one of the most been one of the most enjoyable experiences for me with this podcast. You know, is becoming friends with you two guys, and then all of our viewers that we have, or listeners that we have, or people that we have like interactions with, because you know we're all like like-minded star wars fans or like you know i'm always sending you guys stuff or you guys are sending me stuff like in our group chat like you know it's always such a good part um of the day like i mean look we're talking about every day it seems like um whether it be just about random star wars stuff or superhero stuff and then like for me uh personally one thing that like actually like getting out there and getting on this podcast like helped me about like so i was always kind of like a person who was kind of i guess like shy about getting out there like this talking on the internet and all this sort of thing and um yeah and this podcast basically changed that just because like i mean you know 100 episodes in i mean our listeners know i i don't i'm not scared to hold my opinion back now but uh but yeah like you know this definitely got me like out of being more shy like you know and not like voicing my opinion or not like doing a youtube thing like you know this is just like getting me out there i mean heck personally with me it helped me in the last couple years of like getting and posting on instagram like all my workouts and stuff like i would have never you asked me five years ago 
to post my workouts on Instagram, I'd have been like, yeah, right. So, you know, just like little things like that, personally, it's been a beneficial for me as well. Oh, heck yeah. And, and I, you know, of course, I, I can't say this enough without, you know, the reason, you know, I would do this if if nobody else would probably listen. But the fact that we have a little small, tight knit community of people out there uh, like like Matt, like Aaron, uh, like like your brother there, uh, Milton, like your buddy, Alex, Ben, yep. uh, we got so many cool people that chime in all the time on this channel that just make the discussion what it is. And it's one thing to just be the two of us talking, but it's another thing to have other people sharing in that conversation, which we really, really dig. So yeah, thanks to the hundred guys. And uh, here's to another hundred more podcasts uh, as we get close to the two year anniversary of us actually doing this thing together. So yeah, I, I, I was thinking about doing stuff for 100 episodes, but with like the celebration stuff coming up so quick and busy with all this stuff, I didn't really have time to play anything more specifically, but I figured, hey, we just opened up the podcast today, just given, given our thoughts of, about all that. Yep. I mean, just to jump in there real quick, I mean, what better way, like, you know, we don't have to do anything special or anything for the 100th episode. The most important thing is just doing what we normally do, you know, our normal good thing, like reviewing Star Wars, and we have plenty of Star Wars to review this week. Heck yeah, heck yes. Yeah. So we're going to get into that, but before we do, as I said, I shouted off the chat. We have Aaron, we have Dark Nerdy Gonzo joining us in the chat, and that could be you too. If you're listening after the fact, you could join us every Friday night at 9 o'clock Eastern time here on the YouTube channel Star Raptor. You can always download us after the fact on any podcast streaming network of your choice. Just go ahead and search Outer Rim Transmission. And if there is a feedback place you can leave feedback, go ahead and give us a rating for that as well. Some good housekeeping here. First of all, if you're going to be in the London area for a little celebration that has to do with Star Wars in the next three weeks, go ahead and we're going to have a Really cool panel for you guys. Me, Dominic Jones. We're going to have Ethan Sachs, writer of Bounty Hunters. We're going to have Adam Christopher, writer of Shadow of the Sith. We're going to have Kieran Duggan, also from the Star Wars Underworld Podcast Network, as well as Matt from Fanthatrax. All six of us are going to be doing a panel about the smugglers, the gangsters, the bounty hunters of the Star Wars galaxy. Go ahead and check out the fan stage at 6 p.m. on Saturday, April 8th for a really cool, fun, nitty-gritty topic about our favorites of the Star Wars underworld. So, yeah, we'll be doing that and uh, just doing some, you know, we don't have anything else planned as far as official things, but if you see me anywhere, you hear my voice, because apparently that's what happened in your Comic-Con. Somebody just knew my voice. Don't be afraid to say hi, and uh, I might have some cool stickers or pins or something to give you as well. Um, as far as things that came out this week, we have a couple releases. We have Yoda issue number five, as well as the High Republic Adventures volume two. This is going to be issue number three. So we have video review for both of those comics on the channel right now. So make sure you go ahead and check those out. So real quick stories this week before we jump into our reviews we did get an announcement of a star wars celebration exclusive comic book variant edition of star wars hyperspace stories annual number one it's going to feature jackson which is perfectly timed for easter weekend which is when is that's uh celebration is happening so it's kind of funny we got the green 
bunny from Star Wars to celebrate Easter. So you get a cool comic. I'm not sure how to get it. I guess you just line up. Uh, we also have the official Star Wars Celebration badge artwork. And this is a far cry from last year. I don't know if there's anybody last year that that really enjoyed the artwork last night. It was very strange artwork. I don't know if you guys remember seeing it for the badges. It was like very, it was all environmental like planets, but it was like very dark. Like the imagery was like super dark. You couldn't really make out a certain things. So um, at least for the ones we have here, we have Bo-Katan, we have Ahsoka Tano, we have the Anakin Darth Vader from Obi-Wan with his mask slashed open. Looks sick as all heck. We have a Fennec Shand. We have Grief Karga. We have uh, the third sister, right? The third sister? I forget her name sometimes. Reva, right? She's third sister? Yeah. Um, yeah I think. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, that cool. sounds right. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, I can't lose any of my Star Wars street cred here screwing up some of these names. Okay, so we have Rey, we have Luke Skywalker with his ignited green blade. We have Grogu and Mando in the same frame, which I believe is the four-day pass. We have Grogu on his own. We have Han Solo. We have Yoda. We have Leia. We have Obi-Wan in his Suresu famous pointing stance from the Obi-Wan show. We have Diego Luna's Andor. We have Finn. We have R2 and C-3P on the same one. We have a Chopper badge. We have an Omega badge. So yeah, Vig... Big improvement over last year. Some really cool, vibrant artwork. So uh, I know sometimes they do sell like the badges like after the convention for collectors if they just want to like have all the badge artwork because it really looks beautiful. Um, awesome stuff. You can check that out at StarWars.com. So we're going to just jump right into it for the Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 13. We're getting down to the wire, guys. We're getting down to the wire. This one is called Pabu. So this is the episode where the Bad Batch takes a sidestep from the galactic struggles, has a job with their friend. Uh, what is her name? She, uh, why am I thinking? Fee. Fee, Fee. Fee, and they decide, oh, we're not working for Sid anymore, and we're going to take this job with this treasure hunter. So she takes them to the place where she's depositing all the treasure, and it's really an idyllic, looks like the Greek kind of oceanic type of vibe, the tropical kind of vibe, um, where they just hang out until a tsunami hits, and they have to quickly adjust. And in doing so, they become closer as a unit. Omega finally finds a little bit of uh, ways to relax as a kid should at their age. And, well, the Bad Batch decide, hey, we're going to stay here and hang out for a while. So we really get the episode that gives them a sort of glimpse into what Endgame could look like if they were, in fact, done with fighting. So, Milton, I know you said that this and the Mandalorian episodes were incredible. So I want to hear your first impressions for the Bad Batch, man. <laughs> um... <laughs> Um, unnecessary. <laughs> it totally fooled me. A waste. <laughs> like I, I look. Last week's episodes um yep. was that's the one with Crosshair, right? Yep. Yeah, and and I didn't talk about, and I like that episode. I I don't I don't maybe I said something. I don't know if I say anything in the group chat, but I like that episode last week. It worked. It it was pushing along some narrative of the Empire and all that type of stuff, blah, 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 blah. And then we went to this. Literally the first two minutes of that episode, I said, if this is a stupid submission, I'm done. And 
I was like, okay, because after looking at the whole episode, it wasn't a sin mission. They referenced her, obviously. Yeah. I, only thing I liked about this episode was that two things. One, you're starting to see the bad bats distancing themselves from Sid. Yeah. And two, you know there's going to be repercussions for that later. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I, I hope they play that out, which I doubt they will. But maybe they will. But the rest of this episode, this could have been, honestly, maybe the, 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 uh, the epilogue of the Bad Batch series mm. and i'm thinking like because this is i'm like what is this pushing like <laughs> like yeah like we know we know they want to get away we know they want to have freedom and you know independence from sid and just get away from the bs this was a waste in this middle of the season where there's only four episodes left because what is, what is it two four or three four. right because, right four. three now because because the last two episodes are back to back like they're gonna be playing together yeah. So I think technically they have two three more episodes left. Or two more weeks, right? Yep. So it's like, this would have been a perfect time to set up those next three episodes. Nada. Nothing. Okay. So what was the point of this? This could have been the epilogue to the series if, if they decided to end the series. Mm. Or at least end the season. All right. Good spicy thoughts there, Milton. But not, I mean, not too spicy. I think a lot of people on the internet would agree. Would agree. Ben, what about yeah. you? Yeah, I mean, I can agree with um, pretty much a lot of his, a lot of your points, Milton. And um, I think another issue, I okay, all right. So like the episode, it wasn't trash, but like you said, it was unnecessary more than anything. Yeah. And to me, to me, it was misplaced. Like you said, it could easily. I when I watched it, with this being this like tropical environment and stuff. I envisioned this being the season finale. I honestly did. Um, just because it had the season finale type of vibes to it. Like, ooh, things are wrapped up. Let's do this baby mission and chill, you know? So um, I kind of had those vibes to it. Um, and then some of the stuff, um, some of the stuff for me, really, it just kind of like back and forth. Like, are we going to have, like, I, I, know I, I know I'm like a broken record harping on Omega's character arc. But are we going to, like, have her actually, like, embrace going toward being, like, a late teen type character, like, getting involved in the galaxy? Or are we going to go to, like, this, and we're going back to, like, the kid side of thing with her? So it's, like, I feel like it's all over the... Like, they literally, for, like, Omega's character development, they just look at a dartboard and say, let's just scatter darts everywhere, because we don't know where we're going with her. So to me, it's kind of just, like... What's going on here, people? Like, Ooh. I like this character a lot. I want to see her pushed forward because I feel like her character has a lot of good potential because of the background of her being the clone of Django and Boba's sister. So, like, that's pretty dang cool. And then, um, and then, so yeah, like, I thought the episode was was what it was as a whole. I do like that they had, you know, um, as you as you mentioned, Milton, like some of the. Like, separation from Sid, obviously, is important because now that'll just push us away from that character, and that'll push us away from that character for, like, a season three, potentially, as well. Because they're not going to go back to her. So, um... So, it's like, they're... Make the point, and I agree with you, like, I don't think this... People are like, man, how is it unnecessary but not trash? It wasn't trash. That's the thing. Because, like, I understood what they were trying to do. Yeah. It just was unnecessary to put it here. <laughs> now, I, I do like, though, at the beginning, um, when uh, 
that Would slug be- thing, that slug yeah. thing, that was that was that was Zam Wessel's type. That was the same type of mm-hmm. creature that um, Zam Wessel was using. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just oh, to yeah. throw that out there. Yep, yeah, that was cool. That was cool. And actually, what are those aliens? The aliens were voiced by Steve Blum, who did, who did Zeb. So that, I, I caught that oh, in the credits. Cool. I was like looking at the credits because you'll never, you'll never like not be surprised by some characters that you're like, wait, that person did the voice. Like, oh wait, the guy from the Ghostbusters did that voice. Ever since that happened, I've been looking at the, at the credits every week just to see because they get some fun names. Oh man, this is this is gonna be a fun discussion. I can see it already because I have could disagree more with you guys <laughs> oh man all right so let's let's knock out the whole discussion of why does this have to take place here now i think in hindsight we're going to see this play out better for why this was put here but i think it's going to show us this is that episode that's building things like, like the next three episodes are going to hit the ground and we're going to get some really big stuff happening some dark stuff probably that's going to happen this is that levity in the story right now where it's like, oh, everybody's safe in this idealistic place. They, they saved each other from this big natural disaster, but they're going to hang out here. No, like this is how things are going to happen. Like the reason why they're doing nothing is they're, they're trying to do like isolationalism, essentially, where it's like, OK, we're not going to do anything, but then the trouble's going to find them and then they're going to endanger all these people there because they're the ones there and, and, and whatever. So I think what this episode's purpose was is like building up that that safeness in us as the viewer and then it's like, oh yeah, you thought they were safe and everything and then the next episode or two, there's probably going to be some some losses happening. So in order for that to really strike at home, that's why we're getting we're getting things like this right now I, at least that's why i justify well, it. that makes sense like that that makes sense and and i and i understand that and that's why i can see this playing in the finale or whatever mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. but again it's like i i rather you i rather them over explain it because i'm thinking like all right this just out of nowhere compared to last week that's why i get mad at the show it's like you go from a great episode like that yeah to this it's like it's it's such unbalanced but, like, like transition better their transitions aren't good for this show but this season last year it was wonky but we we knew at we knew at the end of the day where they were going to get to for the most part yeah. where they were taking it this we have no idea I, and here's the thing you gotta give them i, I gotta give them leeway we, we talked about that there's gonna be a bad batch uh panel at celebration a headlining panel they're getting a season three. I think at this point it's it's a lock. Yeah. I, I don't think that in any universe they're gonna try to cram in the ending of the story in three episodes with All the right. way it's going. Yeah. So for that, I can let a little bit off of them at this point because it's like okay, it's pretty much a given that they're gonna announce, and they'll probably show us a trailer too. I bet you season three is already in the can because this one took out like a year to get here, so that that next story is probably done. Um, so this season at least is going to be the one that w- was really building the characters up, building, 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 building the characters up. And then next season will be like the explosive finale. I, I really can't see this going past season three, but right. as far as like this, um, Omega, I liked what happened here because, you know, she met the Wookiee. They were in danger. She met the other kid and was still like the empire's controlling. This is like the first planet where she met a kid they weren't in danger. They weren't on a mission. And this is how she should be as a kid. So I liked seeing that from her. The music was beautiful. The music was awesome. 
uh, and just the, the 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 way the artwork, everything. Oh my gosh, the way they did the physics of the waves. As somebody who surfs, I haven't seen waves look that good in anything animated ever. Like from a CGI perspective, like that looked like incredible. It looked it looked like lifelike that when they were on the boat and it was just going. I was like, what in the world? I mean, listen, this show has never failed when it comes to the way it looks and the way it sounds and, you know, how they produce the, the show in that nature. It's just, I think we've all struggled with inconsistency of story and, and you know, and development of that. I think I think this is a great episode for character development for all of them. I, I will say that's probably the, probably the positive thing about this episode is character development because of, uh, of Tech and Hunter and... Um, Oh my gosh, the big guy. Um Wrecker. Wrecker, yeah. Like just seeing that, hey, like their 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 end game is to find peace. Yeah. Is to get away from all war and everything yes. and, and relax. And they want and, the best robe. And even like in that and whoever wanted a psychic character for whatever her name is, see? like she, she points it out. She's like, Look, like this girl needs like stability. She needs like to be a child. She needs to learn something else. And mm -hmm. that makes sense to me because we've all said, I think, Ben, you brought up a couple of times, like, you know, this girl, like, she thinks like an adult in a lot of ways because she has to. But it's like, when are they going, when are they going to challenge that thing for her? It's like, it's all over the board. That's the only thing. Like, like, I, like I said before, you know, I, I know, like, what they're trying to do with Omega's character, obviously, because, because of, um. You know, it being an animated show and stuff, so they want a character like related to like a younger audience that's watching and whatnot. But my thing is, I just want a consistency with like I know this is a lot to ask from an animated show, but like I want. Uh, all right, guys. So like, if you get if you get where I'm coming from, like I I I'd prefer a consistency. Like if we're gonna have Omega be like the kid of the group, just have her consistently stay the kid of the group through the course. Versus like having some weeks where it's like she's right on par with the other Bad Batch crew, and then other weeks she's like back down here, like you know, really young again. So it's like, it's like mm -hmm. there's it's, it's so rocky that that's my only issue with Omega's characters. I prefer either you slowly progressing her toward the more like mature, like up middle upper teens range, or just have a consistent through arc of her just being like the young kid. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That that's my that's my only issue with with her overall arc is I just feel like it's it's just it's rocky. I think. Yeah, I mean, I I will say there definitely are some stumbles in there. I think overall, when you look at the overall picture, good. There's some chaff you could have cut out of there for sure. Um, but there's there's less cameos at least this time around. So they are trying to really build her story. I want to talk about something we haven't really seen a lot of in Star excuse me, in Star Wars, and that is a natural disaster. I feel like they really, the, the team behind Bad Batch really just pulled out all stops on this. I, I thought it was no. fantastic to see, like, the population dealing with it and the amount of tension that they were able to build. They were able to build that tension through the episode with the sirens and everything like that. Like, get to the high ground. Like, that was, that was awesome. So I liked seeing them kind of go beyond, uh, you know, break out the box a little bit. Um, and, and all that. No, I thought it looked good. I mean, they look. First of all, I ain't gonna lie. Like, I would, I would live there. Now, mm -hmm. I wouldn't on like the lower part of the island. I'm <laughs> trying to get, like, shit wrecked. But like, I thought, 
I thought they did a good job at portraying that natural that natural disaster as they should. Because again, I mean that happens in the real world. I mean, I don't know if there's any islands or communities built like that on islands in you know in in our universe. But I'm we know about natural disasters of hurricanes and tsunamis and that type. So that makes total sense. And I thought they did a really good job at portraying that. It, it visually looked great. Um, and you can clearly see that like it devastated that community. So I'm curious to see if they're going to bounce back. I mean, obviously, we know the Bad Batch will be there for a minute. So hopefully we see some progression of what that looks like in their rebuild. But then, again, we do. I think we all can agree that this remote community won't be remote much longer because we feel like something's going to happen where they will get exposed and natural disasters won't be this community's only concern moving forward. Oh yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I can, I completely agree with both of you. I, that's one thing that came up to my, it came to, came to mind really when I was watching this episode, I was like, dang, now that I think about it in all of star Wars, for the most part, like in current canon from um like even just on screen anyways and then even in legends like i can't remember a lot of natural disasters in star wars really you know so it was a cool it was a really really cool integration and i'm like man maybe we could include some more um something like natural disasters natural disasters to a degree like i don't know like you know be just because like with star wars we always just assume like all these characters are just like, you know, like God tier and they can just like get away from all this danger and stuff. But a natural disaster is something like bigger than these, literally physically bigger than these characters. So like, you know, it's cool that we're actually getting to see something like this. I mean, I feel like the only time we've really seen anything close to a natural disaster is like when the Bendu was doing his whole thing with like Thrawn and all that stuff. That was all like, you know, it was just craziness. But that's about it from my knowledge. I mean, yeah, we kind of saw one last week with the uh, when yeah. uh, crosshair, but that oh, was yeah. explosive, explosive. So I mean, that's uh, yeah. I, um, and we've seen like you know like rainstorms, you know electrical. So I think there's electrical storms like in Star Wars at one point. So and like obviously the sandstorms at Tatooine and whatnot. So we've seen that small stuff but nothing like this mm-hmm. and nothing like portrayed in this way i mean you know like destroying stuff and like Absolutely. like and really being it. like a centerpiece of the plot and, and and maybe the um that creature that they captured recently um zillow beast. Oh my. Zillow yeah, beast. the original zillow beast was i guess quote unquote a natural disaster yeah, 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 yeah. so like yeah. yeah maybe it was the first time we saw it mm-hmm so, we got a whole other episode to review, so I think we're going to go ahead and give our scores out of 10. Just some last thoughts. I'll start off tonight. So, yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. This is fantastic. I don't think Bad Batch has really missed, for me personally, in the last couple episodes. I, f- I really feel like once they came back from that halfway marker, they have been driving at least a weekly basis of building a story rather than having just a bunch of interlude uh, standalone episodes like they did in the, in the first half. So, yeah, between a natural disaster, between uh, representation, I like that they had a rounder person in Star Wars. Like, that's pretty cool, like, uh, especially for a human. Like, we don't really see that. So, got to give props, uh, some, you know, people, representation, whatever out there. That's pretty neat. Uh, music, everything was fantastic. Seeing Omega actually like interact with somebody like her in a non-threatening situation at the beginning at least was was pretty neat so i'm giving this one an 8.5 out of 10 ben 
Yeah, I mean, for me, like I mentioned, I think the episode was beautifully shot. Like like, like you mentioned um, earlier, Chris, like the way the water, the way that um, everything was shot in this episode, I think it looked great. Um, it was a nice episode for character development. I do think, though, the more I think about it, I think this is going to be kind of like a like a pseudo part one esque, like they're going to kind of continue the story, you know, obviously next week. And then it'll be, this will be kind of like our two part palette cleanser before the, the finale. So, you know, with that kind of in mind, you know, I had my issues with it, but it's more of like issues as a whole with the series. So I can't like harp too much on Omega. Cause that's just, that's overall a series issue. Um, so for me, I just think it was a solid, fine episode it wasn't trash we've had trust me we've had trash episodes and this was not trash um so for me i would have to give this a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten and finally milton what were your thoughts on this incredible episode of star wars television <laughs> yeah again I, I i will be very clear to say it wasn't trash and people might say milton but you said it was unnecessary you're right unnecessary however i understand Again, I understand when I watch these episodes, I do understand what they're trying to do a lot of the times. It's just to me it felt misplaced. It felt that it could have been pushed later in the show, depending on where you want to put it and if you want to end the show, or at least tell tell a story of how the ending's going to progress. Um I, I like the character development because that was clear in this episode. I like yep. the visuals, I like the music, I like the portrayal of the natural disaster. It's a beautiful shot episode. Mm. So and, and w- would I rewatch this episode in the future if I had to? I mean, maybe, probably not, but it ain't dookie. So, I mean, I would say this episode's probably a 6.5 for me. Okay. That's fair. Kind of like a middle of the road sort of episode. Yeah. It still had its purpose, but, you know, maybe it was a little bit, yeah. Well, it has well, will play out later. Well, you bring up a really good point, though. I mean, obviously, I know we're closing the Bad Batch review here, but I think this episode, to kind of, like, judge episodes of a show, like, my view on a lot of these things, it doesn't matter if it's Star Wars or whatever, like, if the sh- if this episode would just casually play on your Disney Plus in the background, like, you want to automatically skip it. Like, you know, if it was playing, you could just let it play and it wouldn't be terrible. So, like, I feel like it's it's fine enough, like, you know, it's just solid. There you go. So getting into another episode discussion, we have the Mandalorian to talk about. I mean, it's just not enough that we have Bad Batch, but we have to have the flagship Star Wars series to talk about in the same week. It's craziness. So we have the Mandalorian season three, episode three, chapter 19, the convert to talk about in this episode. We have the Mandalorian and surprisingly Bo-Katan both getting redeemed, but also dealing with a sudden attack by the Imperial Remnant. Meanwhile, we have on Coruscant, we return to Coruscant after the events of Return of the Jedi to follow Dr. Persing and how he assimilates into life in the New Republic. Of course, he was part of the Imperials and trying to get Grogu's blood and is a cloner and all that. So I will open up. I love this episode. I feel like I'm going to be in the minority for this, um, but I, I really enjoyed that. Yes, it was an uneven episode. Did it feel like uh, jerked you around going from that big ending with uh, Mando in the beginning to the Coruscant stuff? Sure. Could it have been, been transitioned better? Maybe. Yeah, perhaps. Um, but the content itself, I, I both like from both perspectives of seeing the amazing tie interceptor battle 
with the N1 Starfighter, with the Gauntlet Mandalorian Fighter, then going to Coruscant and dealing with stuff like we've seen in a lot of the books, like Aftermath deals with it a little bit. Definitely the Alphabet Squadron by Alexander Freed heavily deals with what happens to the Imperials after they defect to the New Republic and how are their living conditions, all that. We get to go into the whatever this character of uh, Talia, uh, I, I forget, Elia or Elia Kane or something like that. Yeah, Elia Kane, this really interesting character that before was only named as a communication officer in the credits, taking a front seat in the story here. And just it felt like an Andor episode. Of course, a lot of people are saying that, but I literally said that before anybody else did in my own mind. I was like, I finished the episode. I was like, that felt a lot like Andor. And you guys know I like Andor. So I was going to be a fan of this from the get go, but it was cool to see the Mandalorian slow down a little bit and do a lot of great world building. At least I thought it was good world building in my opinion. I'm going to throw this one to you first, Ben. What were your first initial impressions on this? Um, so for me, I actually watched this episode um, three times in the last few days just to figure out exactly how I feel about it. Just because, you know, when I first watched it, you know, this is like I mentioned with Andor, it's kind of like the 3 a.m. judging it. So like when I was watching it at 3 a.m., I was like, okay, what are we doing here? This is like 40 minutes of just like character, fine character development, blah, 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 blah. Like, for me, like, the beginning and end of the episode were fantastic. All the stuff with Mando and Bo were fantastic. Um, And then, you know, we had the stuff in the middle with Dr. Pershing. Like I said, I watched this three times just to kind of, like, make sure to get a gauge. Like, I watched it on... I watched it again Wednesday night, and then I watched it this morning when I was doing cardio. Because I just did, like, an hour session of cardio and watched it. And I... uh, And I think, like, for me, I just wish... I, I I get where they were going with this. Like, I understand, you know, like, I feel like they they saw Andor and or heard, obviously, this was in production, you know, shortly after around the time of Andor, probably. So, you know, they uh, they probably took some inspiration from it, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, with the pacing of the episode and everything. So for me, like, I get what they tried to do. I think it was the middle stuff was solid with Pershing. I don't think it was terrible. Don't, don't think it was amazing. I think it was solid to good. And, um, and to me, I, uh, yeah, like that was kind of like my thinking of it. And I just think with, with, um, with all the stuff with Pershing, it's, there's a lot of good character development. Like you said, there's, there's good Easter eggs. We'll get into those. There's, Obviously, the overarching thing, to me anyways, my interpretation of it is the Empire still around. That's basically what I got out of this episode, was the Empire still around, obviously from the beginning, and then the uh, the Imperial officer mind-flaring Dr. Pershing at the end. So, like, you know, you have those things. I think they were very good aspects of that portion of the episode. But yeah, like, I, I think it was just, it was solid. And yeah, I was another person too. I instantly thought, man, this feels like Andor. Like, I kid you not, Chris, like at three in the morning when I'm watching this, I literally said to myself, well, I know for sure Chris is going to at least like this episode a lot because it feels so much like Andor. I know, I knew you were going to like it. And to me, <laughs> to me, here, here's my, my kind of bird's eye view of this episode, if you will. To me, this 
was the best episode of Andor we've had because it had some good Star Wars stuff in it that I like. <laughs> and it had the Andor vibes. Like this, like that, if I could get that from Andor, I would be set. I would, I'll, I'll just say that. Fair enough. Good opening salvo there, Ben. What about you, Milton? Mm, this, yeah. What was this? This could have been. I'll say it this way. The beginning and end was great. Loved it, and the middle of the episode was good for what it was. Great, actually, for what it was. But I didn't like this episode, and this is why. Because these are two different episodes stuffed in one. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I agree with that. Like I said off the top, I was like, yeah, transition-wise and all. And I, I'm going to get into why I think I that is. I wish they would have chopped in and out back and forth for the story. Okay. That's, mm-hmm. that's my right. thing. Be- well, here's the thing, though. How, how does... How does now, I, I understand the redemption of it, of the of this episode. Redemption was the this episode, I mm-hmm. think. Pershing talked about, you know, wanting yes. to change, blah, blah, blah. And obviously, dipping, you know, himself in the waters of the of Mandalore, mm-hmm. whatever. That That's the overall theme of this episode. I think we all can agree on that. But one had nothing to do with the other in this episode. It really didn't. Because, mm-hmm. again, like, we're going from a dogfight in the first, or excuse me, we're going from him being rescued from in the waters, dogfight, you know, with the tie interceptors, which was dope, by the way. Oh, that, that yeah, was, that was sick. Oh, yeah. I legit said this, and I watch this, so <laughs> I usually do watch this in the morning when I'm getting, when I'm eating breakfast before I go to work. I said, man, this is a TV, it's a streaming budget. Yeah. This is a, <laughs> it does not look like it at all. Nope. And this is why I get mad at Obi-Wan. It's like, where <laughs> this should have gone to Obi-Wan. Yeah. That's another podcast. But <laughs> Dogfight was great. Beginning was great, ending was great with the armor and in those Mandalorians, you know, all that, and him being purified and all that type of thing. It's like we went from two extremes to this middle, which again, it was a good story. I, I, I want people oh, to yeah. know it was good. Yeah, I I liked it. It was just not needed for mm-hmm. this particular episode. You could have broke this up if they would just gave us all like the rest of the Mando ending. And to hear, like, and told us that story, say, hey, he got back to the armor, they want to finish that. And they could have drug it out for, like, 30 minutes. Fine. And then tell this episode next week? Yeah. I'd have been, I'd have been like, yep, we got two great episodes back-to-back-to-back. Or at least two good episodes back-to-back. Yeah, so it seems... It, it, go ahead, Ben. It, well, it just... It, the tr- there was no transition. It was just like, up, oh, fly off to hyperspace, now we're at the course on. I think... I think that, <laughs> that, that was my... I thought they were going to go to Coruscant. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, mm-hmm. they're going to go to. I was like, oh, that, let's go. Who? And yeah. I'm thinking, oh, they're going to meet with Pershing. And I was thinking, oh my God, they're going to bring him into the fold. How? Yeah. Nope. Well, it, we'll see. My thing with the whole episode, you know, hearing both of you talk more about it, I think the number one issue with the episode for me, and for a lot of people, really. I mean, I saw, um, I saw some other reviewers like use the word jarring for yes. the middle portion. And that's exactly what it was because like, and I'm not, I'm not saying that like jarring isn't like it's a car crash or something. It's not ter- terrible. It's like Milton said, it's a good story. They did it. They did the story. Well, like it was, a, if you isolate that, if you isolate it and cut off the Mando ends, it's a good episode. 
but it's just jarring for pacing wise because you know with mando we're used to more upbeat like you know the just the normal upbeat mando stuff we got the beginning and the end and i think if you go from that pacing to this i think the way you have to do it in my opinion is you need to cut back and forth between Mando to Coruscant, Mando to Coruscant, Mando to Coruscant, back to Mando at the end. Like, just to break up the pacing of the episode, because, you know, there were moments in the episode, I felt like that were getting kind of draggy, like him continually going, going back to the, um, like the, the, the robot to examine him. Like, you know, those type of things, it felt like they were, like, dragging out. And I feel like it would, this episode, for me, I think would have been a lot higher, and I think for a lot of people... If you just cut it up a little, if you all you have to do is intersperse some of the Mando Bo Katan stuff, and I think this episode would have would have hit really really well across the Star Wars community. Yeah, I mean, in, in, I think we, if you cut it up, you have to add a little more substance to well, yeah. those transitions, which I'm sure they could have figured that out. It just to me, it just seemed odd that you went from one extreme to the other, you know, with, with yeah. no tie. And again, this maybe it could tie in. I don't know. Here's I do the, think this is a long play, though. I do but, think this yeah, is a long play. But, yeah, yeah. And I know tonight, I think tonight, I probably people probably think, man, Milton's a crazy person because he just sounds like he's all over the place and he's inconsistent. It's not that. It's just <laughs> that it's like we legit went from one extreme to the other. The transitions weren't gr- wasn't great. You know, and again, Pershing's story, I'm, cu- I'm curious to see what they're going to do with him now because he's a significant... He plays a significant role in this whole cloning thing. We know the end game of the cloning, whether what they want to do. And we all know it's all about Palpatine and him coming back. But she sabotaged that machine. What's going to happen to him now? What's going to happen to her? Who who's she going to bring into the fold now to figure out this cloning thing? Because I I feel like he's the only one that can really do it from my from how they're portraying it, right? From the oh. first was it second season or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I think like get you know Gideon's going to be in this season. So I'm curious, like, what they're going to do with him with this cloning thing. So I don't know. It, it's it, it to me is like okay. It, I could be wrong. Next these next couple weeks could be like, all right, Milton. This is why they did it a certain way. This is what they were trying to say. And I'm like, I'll be the first one to say I was wrong. This was great. I I, I should have kept my mouth shut about being uh, assuming. Yeah. However, See, I don't know anything yet. So it's hard because it, it's hard because we're we're. I think a lot of us are still like, you know, the Star Wars series have been around for a long time. Now it's been since 2019, this live action stuff. We're, I think some of us still, a lot of us still have a mindset of like, oh, the whole story has to be told in this hour because that's a movie, that's what the movies were. And the movie would tell us everything in that one movie for two and a half hours. We would get all the answers we need. And I think a lot of us are just like, okay, we're still maybe a little bit on that mindset because series we have to. Right. It takes a long game sometimes. Like I said before in the beginning, like hindsight, like we might look and be like, hey, this episode was was greatly needed. Eventually, they're going to have to branch out. And I think this episode episode shows us more that this is Star Wars Return of the Je- Return of the Jedi episode 6.5. Right. Like the Mandalorian's episode 6.5 in the saga, because now. Yeah. Mandalorian was our our uh, we're like looking through his eyes in this era. Now we're gonna get those other characters. It's gonna start to be like Game of Thrones, probably. We're gonna have these other character storylines that are just gonna pop up, and we're not gonna be looking at Mando all the time. And I think this episode showed us like 
the Mandalorian, this is literally the Mandoverse now. I mean, we've seen that, though, already last season or, or the last series with Book of Boba Fett, how that could happen. So they already kind of trained us in that way where it's like, yeah, not every episode's going to always be about Din. And here we go again with another episode that still had Din in it, but most of the episode wasn't him. So hence, they're they're building out, that's what like the world building, they're building out the universe. And going into that, the reason why this could have been a storyline that's like, why is this happening now? Going back to 2020, they announced the Rangers of the New Republic series, and we assumed that was going to be Cara Dune's uh, Gina Carano, and it's no longer a part of Lucasfilm. I feel like some of that storyline is getting mashed into the season of Mandalorian, because they have great stories to tell that were written, and they need to get that conclusion because that was going to tie into something. So I feel like Rangers of the New Republic is going to deal with Carson Teva, it was going to deal with Grief Karga, maybe, and you know, different things there. So I think that's part of that storyline is getting put inserted into here. They're going to try their best to kind of make it sync together, but I don't know. I guess they could have well, synced it so, up so better the, or something, but you know, I, Chris, I, I agree with that. See, here's the thing though. Like that's why, that's why I felt that we could have gotten two separate episodes yeah. because I agree with you. This show, even though it's called Mandalorian, there will be an episode or two that doesn't focus on him. Unless that should, because you want to expand it. Mm-hmm. This is this is the MCU. Mm-hmm. Unless it's be, these shows are interconnected, because literally, you know, they they say, "Are you here to see Boba Fett?" Whenever he came to Tatooine. <laughs> so this is the MCU. Star Wars has is, a, is an MCU now. So like, I understand that. So if they, if they want to branch off and tell like a backdoor pilot of of a show of Range of the Republic or whatever. They can, and and also tied into Mando, it's just how they mesh these two together. These are two episodes they put together that I think was just clunky and just not necessary for how they did it. Again, I love the separate stories together. It just didn't fit, in my opinion, um, because I, I I I understand what each element was being told and why they were pushing it. Again, I see the redemption arc in this episode that makes sense to me um but other than that though it's like yeah it was clunky like we, we yeah. didn't need to go from mando pershing mando again it's like ah, all right. and and i like the fact i paid attention to this at the end because john favreau wasn't the only one writing this episode and man i i, I like john favreau a lot but i feel like and other people's have uh, said their criticism like Maybe it's not a great idea to have the one guy writing everything. Sometimes you want to have another piece in the puzzle to kind of figure things out. And I could definitely see like when they did the Andor type of stuff in the episode, like, okay, that was maybe the other guy chiming in like, okay, let's slow this down and do this. And I'm like, that's good. That's good. Because like uh, we were falling in a trap like the last episode. Yeah, you weren't here, Milton, for it. But like, at least I felt like the episode was really repetitive sometimes. And it was just like, oh, man, like, I don't know if like. They, there could have been another editor that could have looked over the script or something because it's like we literally repeated the same things over and over again the first 20 minutes having a droid go out then having a girl go all the way back out then bo re- literally retreading the same steps again to go back there it's like okay what is what is the point of this like we could have cut out some stuff here so it was it was interesting and apparently next week's episode is going to be co-written by dave filoni so take with that what you will. I don't want to get a, out of this conversation, but I'm assuming that there's going to be some really big stuff because whenever he's involved, it's like, okay, what Rebels character is going to show up next week? Not, not you know, trying to alert the internet, but 
that has been known to happen before. But anyway, right. I liked how there was yeah, another I mean, writer that was on board. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, Stoker could show up next week for all we know. Yeah. I mean, he he loves yeah. the Stoker. I mean, I don't see Ezra showing up. I know people were saying that, you know, at one point. I don't see it because they're going to keep that for Stoker. Let's just keep it 100. Um, but she could pop up. You know, Hondo could pop. We we don't know. I mean, if he's yeah. Um, I, I mean, and other than that, though, like I said, I, I, I understand each story of each character that of the, of the two main focuses of this episode, I guess the four main focuses of, of this episode. Um, it just, it just, it could have been two separate ones. It just could have been two separate ones in my opinion. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's talk about at least the Mando stuff in the episode. What I will say is I'm very excited that, um, they already dealt with I'm, I'm excited with the pacing of this season and i know they're stuck with the eight episodes and it seems like they're going at, at, at a very lightning pace but i'm, I'm happy it's kind of nice to like subvert the expectations a little bit um just saying like hey like hey this whole theme every trailer was like oh i gotta get redeemed you know i got my helmet i gotta go to mandalore i gotta go to mandalore they have done mandalore in three episodes all right we got yeah. five episodes left that excites me beyond belief because it's like now we see the empire like the in interceptors Oh, a warlord cannot possibly contain this many squadrons of fighters. Who's really in charge? Like, that is what really excites me because they kind of tricked the audience, at least in the promotion. Like, oh, you thought it was about this. Uh, you were totally wrong. No, I, I listen. I totally agree with that, and I actually said it to myself um, that I'm like, yeah, they got this over quick. Like, I love that, and as as they should, because we all know Den's pretty efficient for the most part as a bounty hunter. And when he's focused, he gets, you know, stuff done. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that it only took us three episodes. Because if this, this would have lasted eight, to go get a oh. little thing of water, you know damn well we'd have been saying something. I know I'd have been like, that's ridiculous. Because <laughs> I can walk down the street into a creek and get some water and say, hey, I bathe in the waters of blankety blank. You know, so now I, I know people are But it's like, come on. Like, I'm glad it got it done quick. Well... I think for me, um, some of the best parts of like the Mando stuff for this episode, I think I think the best part. Obviously, you have the connections to the Empire. See, like I think that's one of the biggest points. Of course, you know we mentioned like the redeeming, like the actual redemption parts of this episode. But I think for me, um, some of the best parts of the overall episode, it's just the fact that like the Empire is present. Like you know you have um the imperial officer girl you have her doing the stuff she did to pershing you have the tie interceptors my first thought was like oh my gosh are these coming from like thrawn or something yeah same um you know that's that was literally my instantly mm -hmm. first thought and as soon as bo katan was like no you know the a warlord couldn't contain all these tie fighters and like you know all this stuff so like all this stuff just has me thinking like the big picture stuff and like you mentioned milton the whole mcu thing like this is literally they're doing the whole mcu we're gonna like make little references here and there i mean heck this week like you know um dave and john did an interview and like dave they got asked about the whole connectivity thing yeah and dave was like teasing it you know basically he was like yeah. well you could or you couldn't like you know basically saying yeah there's something coming um with this all these connections so it's cool that like they're making these connections and things like that but i think one of the best parts of the episode for me it was cool just seeing like them doing the whole uh like pull the carpet out from under bo katan's feet tricking her basically to be you know joining the death watch um like i thought that was such a cool 
little uh little and, and see like to me that's star wars comedy right there that is like star wars comedy at its finest because it's like you know the armor was like did you remove your helmet since you went in the water and she's like no she's like well then you know you're redeemed blah 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 this is the way like you know so you're a part of the cult now so like you know that's kind of like your little chuckle star wars comedy like oh ha huh, like bo katan got tricked like i thought that was a nice piece yeah. of the episode um and then as i mentioned earlier there were plenty of prequel easter eggs on the coruscant mm-hmm. part and that was really cool yeah, so as far as the beginning of the episode, I thought it was pretty funny. They confirmed that Din Djarin just like foolishly like fell into the deep end of the pool, essentially. It's like, yep. oh yeah, it wasn't no mythosaur that got him. He just fell down. Uh, so Bo-Katan was the only one that saw it. She was the only one that saw it, and that was the awakening in her. And that that that's yep. where that character instantly gets more interesting for me because it's like, oh, she has that epiphany of like, she didn't take that helmet off the rest of the time. Like, she was... Whether she subconsciously just didn't do it or what, but it was like, oh, yeah. And, and she, not seeing her face the whole episode, you could just see by her body language, like she's like visibly shooken from having ex- this this mythical experience. And, and it's so neat seeing how that character is being assimilated into that group. They're all at the end of the episode, just like patting her on the shoulder, welcoming welcoming her as one of them even though like they she was a completely separate entity that they were enemies like they still welcome her in as family like i thought that was really interesting from that culture perspective of just seeing all these different peoples just come together i thought that was interesting too because like like the armor was laying into Din about Bo-Katan in like season I think season 2 yeah. and the armor was like literally slamming Bo-Katan for like talking about the downfall of Mandalore and everything and now she's letting her join the group which is which I mean then again with them being like the group that they are that shows like how much they value like the honor and the code of this is the way like that whole thing like that shows you how much they actually value that that like even if like they even if Bo was their, you know, sworn enemy, like they still let her join. Like, so that was, that was pretty interesting to say the least. Um, but also I think there was, it's going to be interesting to see how Bo handles it, whether she sticks with it or not. Because I do think, um, you know, one of my buddies joked around about this. He's like, you know, it's kind of one of those things. Like if you're in a, if you're standing in a room of like extremists and stuff and they're like, you're going to join us. Right. And you know, I don't, I don't think Bo-Katan was going to, like, whip her helmet off right there and say, no, I'm not joining you with all these people around. So, like, I don't know. I just think I think it's going to be interesting because if she doesn't, if she keeps her helmet on in the coming weeks, that'll be a very interesting turn on her character. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, let's let's get into course side a little bit. What I mean, just the visuals. Like again, like you were talking about the Tie Fighters mill, and I'm talking about Coruscant City. Like what the heck, man? This looks just like it did out of uh, Revenge of the Sith or the after at the end of Return of the Jedi. Just uh, incredible stuff. Seeing the Opera House from Revenge of the Sith repurposed as like this communal gathering place of these people speaking against their own past of the Imperials. Like that was neat. Look, I, I'm just keeping it short and sweet. Let's effing go. <laughs> Plagueis beats. You know what I'm Listen, what? This is what we need in the sequel trilogy. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, we should have yeah. got this in the movies. Like, yeah. 
yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to rant about it because it would be unnecessary, but I'm glad we got it in uh, this show. I, I legit perked up. I was like, man, Corson. Because I was surprised. Surprised. Like, I'm, I'm sure you guys weren't seeing that coming. I was like, oh, Corson? Like, oh, snap. And it looked good. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They don't look like TV show. That's a movie. It wasn't. It wasn't like they had five ships, the same five ships going around, yeah. and it, it was literally like what you see in Avengers, the prequels, like the heavy traffic, all the different buildings were unique. Like every freaking frame, you could pause. Andor in this show did Coruscant justice because oh, yeah. anytime you saw Coruscant on Andor, it looked good, and it was shot during the day. We got a lot of mm -hmm. day scenes in in Andor. And that night, I'm thinking, oh, snap, when we got this in, um, in this show, I'm like, damn, it looks good. Like, yeah. this is movie version. This ain't no TV budget. Mm -hmm. So glad we got it. It was gorgeous, man. Heck, yeah. We got to see a, a, a really cool Rogue One Catalyst Easter egg where they're at that festival. And by the way, I don't know if you guys caught this, but they played a different rendition of Rise of the Resistance. Yep. In the actual music, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that's awesome." But yeah, you yep. see the 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 mountain peak of uh, I think it's like Mount Umite or something like that, um, which was mentioned in Rogue One Catalyst novel, where Galen Erso was doing his research on the Death Star with Orson Krennic, and then it was also mentioned in the High Republic books. So there's like a lot of cool deep cuts that were. I love like the um, I forget what they call it, like something fizzy pop or something like that. Um, with like those little popsicles things they were having, like that was cool Star Wars food. Well, like, here, here's an interesting thing about those that you bring that up. Okay, so when they were having those, did you guys notice it's cool little foreshadowing? I saw, um, I saw someone point this out on Twitter, so it's definitely not me coming up with this little Easter egg foreshadowing for the girl, the Imperial chick turning on him. Hmm. So he had a blue one and she had a like a dark red one. If you oh, didn't notice that, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's just a, just a little Easter egg someone pointed out on Twitter, and you know they didn't do that on accident. Just made, you know, he had a blue one, like he was like quote unquote good, and she it was literally a dark red one she had. So it's like it's cool that they they had like a little little Easter egg like that, you know, just thrown in there to like foreshadow. Like I love when shows and movies do that sort of thing, you know, just like you know stuff when you mm. look back oh, yeah. on them where mm -hmm. you're like oh man mm -hmm. that's a cool little foreshadowing yep. thing right there yeah and, and one thing that my buddy jt a friend of mine pointed out we were talking earlier tonight about the episode now i don't know if you guys picked up on this but i watched the episode twice and i definitely noticed it again on the second time he does something with his ear like he's like itching his ear and they purposely pointed out like pershing does like multiple times he does it when he's like giving his speech in the beginning then he might do it like two more times throughout the episode. Another time, like he was talking to the um, the droid, the Re New Republic droid, about like admitting, like, yes, I'm still abiding by the laws. And he's doing that there. And I think he might do it one more time. But I'm like, is this a tell to somebody? Like, what what is happening here? Is this a code word? Like, what what the heck? I don't know if you guys picked up on this. I, I didn't see it. Yeah, I um, I I picked up on that and I started digging into it. Apparently, that was the ear that um, Cara Dune grazed that in one of the one of the gunfights that happened. What? Yeah, that that was the exact. Yeah, I saw someone post like a clip, a side by side clip of when Kara and them were um, doing whatever, like season one, and like it was it, her blaster fire. It like grazes his ear. It's like like that. Wait, is that um, in season two when they're in the Lambda class shuttle? Season two. Oh yeah, or is it season two? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's when it is because 
It was from, um, yeah, but it was Cara Dune's blaster. That yeah. was the year that got nixed by her blaster, actually. Oh, so I just see. like that's I, I don't know, great I, detail. That's that's awesome detail. They did they put that yeah, in there? Yeah, I saw I saw that on Twitter, and I was like, man, that's a cool little like like tiny detail. You have that, and then I texted you guys in our group chat. So the um, the garden area that got referenced in this episode, it was so cool. You talk okay. about deep cut for like yeah. John and Dave with legends. That the garden thing that was referenced in this episode was a mission the Republic Commando Squad had to go on in the book Hard Contact, and <laughs> it's like the second book I think of the trilogy. What? Um, and that yeah, because they had to go to a mission on uh, on Coruscant in that book in the old Legends book, and they actually referenced that literally like the name of that um, place. That was literally the exact place where they went for um, one of the missions in the the Hard Contact book. That that's cool. I I like the fact that they name drop Camino and it's tying into the prequels. Yep. He's discussing the DNA. What if we could get Din? And this is the stuff that's gonna matter. Like this is the stuff that is gonna factor into Palpatine. I mean, obviously, just cloning Palpatine. It's like, what if we get these two different strands from these two different people and put them together? It's like, ooh, you know, they got Grogu. Who else are they going to try to, you know, incorporate into this clone um, version or whatever? I guess it could be Palpatine's original DNA mixed with Grogu or something like that to retain the force stability uh, of all that. But I thought that was cool. Uh, just just Pershing's journey. I like how they directed it. I like how it was shot. Uh, just going through the day-to-day of just seeing... I, I love, ever since Andor, I love just, like, seeing, like, the bedrooms of characters. It's kind of odd to say, but it's just, like... The normalcy of Star Wars that we never got until the series, the live action series up until now, we never seen like something simple like Anakin going into his crew quarters on like the Star Destroyers or anything like we never seen stuff that was like down to earth, grounded in reality, like little things like no that that were like, them, you know, they were pretty fun. I mean, all, the only time we got that, I think, was Revenge of the Sith when Anakin has his dream. Oh, true. That's it. But like, he gets out of bed. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And sleep. We see him sleeping, and in, in uh, attack of the clones, having a nightmare. That's it. Hmm. What? What? What yeah. do? You, so you guys, you guys enjoyed his journey through Who's, this episode. Pershings. Pershings. Yeah, like what yeah. he was doing. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. For, for what it was, I didn't mind it. Like, yeah. I, I was I was invested whenever it was on. Like that's the thing. Like it was an, an investing story. It had. I, I would have probably watched this episode eventually again. You know, if when I do a rewatch of the show, but I, I will probably still say this again: like there was no need to put that in this episode. It could have been two separate episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like this as a story of a guy that's getting in over his head, and 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 part of a, a part of me was like, is this guy like getting this research to try to rejoin the empire? Or is he like actually being truthful? Like, no, I'm going to use this for good. I'm going to use this for the new republic. Right. What was your What was your guys' thoughts on this, Ben? Um, for me. I was thinking, see, I was thinking he was going to be one of those whole characters. You, you see it happen in so many um, movies and shows. I, I was expecting him to go from, like, good intentions to, like, be seduced by, like, the bad, the you know, the temptation, basically. So I was thinking he was going to eventually get his equipment, and then the, uh, the Imperial officer was going to talk to him. She was going to be like, hey, let's bust out of here, blah, 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 blah. And he was going to think about it, and then eventually they would bust out or something. Like, I was thinking he was going to eventually just fall back down that path. But um, 
So that's where I was kind of thinking he was going. But as the episode played out, I think he actually was just trying to actually be good. Because he did talk about the whole um, uh, someone losing their heart, I believe. And, you know, if we would have been able to clone the organs and stuff, it would have saved them, blah, blah, blah. Like, that whole spiel, spiel. Like, I think he had actual good intentions. Um, and then, you know, of course, you have him getting basically brainwashed at the end of the episode so like i think like to me anyways if if they were going to have him turn bad they would have had him bleed more and then the imperial chick basically uh like stop the whole thing and basically be like okay you're coming with me or something you know like i think i think if he would have actually been bad he wouldn't have gotten mind flared yeah yeah i I mean let's talk about that they mentioned i think it's card doing season one's like oh yeah you know if if the if the new republic catches me they're gonna attach me to a mind flare and i'm gonna have my mind wiped and the fact that they actually played the long game and brought that back to season three of mando and we already know if you're a fan of rogue one you oh if you watched rogue one you know borgola is a mind flare and that's what they used back then. And now it's like, okay, now we have the technology years and years later to just do this electronically. And uh, what'd you guys think of that sequence? Is that what they were going to do to Crosshair last week, by the way, when they captured him? Oh. No, I, I, don't I know. think I just... they're doing something else with him. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Anyways, continue though. Yeah, I was just saying, I think it was really neat that we get this, like, they're churning an organic procedure into electronic in other words like we're seeing evolution in star wars technology which a lot of times it kind of stays the same but we're actually seeing like a progression uh through this sort of thing is interesting yeah no it was nice i I like what they what they're going to do with that it was pretty interesting oh Uh, yeah like i i think the the biggest thing too to take away from the whole mind flare scene is you know i i think we'll it won't be this coming episode. Of course, I think we're going to see the Imperial Officer Girl again. Like, we're going to see a lot of these people again down the road. Maybe not even this season. Like, potentially down the road. Um, but I think one of the best parts about it, it just shows, like, the Empire still ruthless, you know, with their tactics. So, like, it was interesting seeing that. It was also interesting seeing the Rebellion, or I guess the New Republic at this time, the New Republic still doesn't mind to be using, like, kind of sketchy tactics. Like, hey, we're instead of letting just this person become a good person, we're going to, like, basically half brainwash them to be good. So, like, you know, their tactics, even though they're good guys, are still kind of unethical. Actually, they are unethical. Um, so it's just interesting to see, like, even though they're quote-unquote good guys, they still have some shadiness to them. So, you know, you have that. And then... Um, you know, even just some of the little tidbits also we got in the episode, guys, like we hadn't mentioned it yet, but like some of the chatter earlier on in the episode, like if, um, like when they were talking, you know, Moff Gideon got name dropped. Oh, actually. yeah. Did they so say like, escaped or something? Like some guys say, oh, like, oh, he escaped. But then, yeah, the other guy was like, oh, he escaped. And the other person was, person was like, no, I think they locked him up somewhere or whatever. Like they like they they referenced him escaping from a transport. And I I feel like that's got to be true, right? Like. You'd think. Yeah, I mean, who else would be sending those fighters? Well, I could tell you a lot of other people have been sending those fighters. But yeah. I don't know. I, I, I selfishly want to see that scene when he gets on the tribunal. 
I think that'd be really cool seeing like Mon Mothma out there, seeing like how the New Republic deals with 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 the people. But yeah, I mean, transitioning this conversation, last topic for tonight would be just our first real good look at the New Republic. We, I mean, we've seen it mentioned numerous times, and you know, even the first episode, like Grief Cargo's like, "Oh, take that up with the New Republic." It's, it's like a side joke. Like it's like, "Yeah, they're not going to do crap." I know. So it's interesting seeing how that's happening. How we have another desk job in Star Wars, another thing I like to see. It's just like poor old um, poor old Pershing just having to erase everything. And the fact that the New Republic is like, it's not utilizing technology, but it's also not like looking at history or something. They're just erasing everything. And, you know, you know, we see this like 20 years later, how the, the thing collapses and people just don't care about it anymore. So I thought that was really, I thought they did a great job of, again, showing us the New Republic again, like, didn't do a great job of doing it in the sequels. Didn't show us Coruscant in the sequels, but to see it here was interesting. We're finally getting to like shed some light on that organization and why we could see its downfall already being predicted at this point. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it was. I think you mentioned earlier it was fascinating and nice to see the the ins and outs of what the everyday life is when it comes to Star Wars. So that that was a huge takeaway for me for that particular. Um, scene oh yeah I, I completely agree with you both like for me it was it was cool just getting to see more of it because you know like you mentioned chris like if we get the gideon stuff it would be cool seeing gideon in front of those public figures in front of like on coruscant all this stuff and heck if he if he escapes then cool but like it's just cool getting more of that newer public stuff because you know, just think about it, guys. Like, years ago when the Aftermath trilogy came out, would have we ever thought we would have been getting, like, an actual Star Wars show with Coruscant and with all of this stuff? So, like, it's cool actually getting to see, like, where Star Wars is now. You know, this is stuff we'd only picture, I would say, in, like, you know, books and, like, comics and video games and stuff. Because in, in terms of, like, a movie, you don't have enough time to explore this. Like, you know three episodes of this show is equal to one of the star Wars movies for the most part. So like, <laughs> like it's just, um, it's definitely great getting to see the new Republic how it is. And I feel like we're going to keep on continuing to see the new Republic in this season and Mando season four. And then the other star Wars shows like Ahsoka and so on and so on. Like, I feel like we're going to keep getting more and more in depth with the new Republic. I mean, heck eventually, um, Maybe if we, like, later on down the road in Season 4, if we get more of the New Republic stuff, who knows, we might get, like, a deep fake, how they did with Luke, with Luke, Han, and Leia eventually mm -hmm. down the road. Like, you never know, because Leia would be highly around during this time. Oh, yeah. So, so, like, that's always something on the table. Like, every time we're on Coruscant, like, conceivably, during this episode with Pershing right now, conceivably, Leia's just, like, a few hundred miles away, like, yeah. somewhere else. No, so, no, So, like, no. that's just something to think about so i did a video on this let me let me like push oh, up the glasses on my nose uh, so actually uh, so actually <laughs> at this time the galactic republic's capital is now on chandrilla and oh, they, yeah, every couple that. years they switch it around they they switch it around the core eventually it'll become osnian prime which gets destroyed so yeah my, my first reaction to seeing coruscant the way it looked i actually thought that coruscant would be like disheveled destroyed just like a, a mess but it still looked like you know that those people that were talking to 
Pershing right after were very much regal type people, nobles and stuff like that. I was like, oh, wow. So this place still has a lot going for it because what happened, I have a whole video on this, but real quick, Cliff Knight's version. There was a lot of riots after Return of the Jedi. Uh, you have the character of the Grand Vizier that is uh, basically Masa Meda is trying to hold the place together. Of, of course, no reinforcements came because they all went to Jakku and eventually the New Republic just like got the got him out of there and he had to be forced to make the peace treaty and all that stuff. So I thought really Coruscant was going to be losing its luster and crappy looking. So I was pleasantly surprised that it actually it still looks pretty good for even though it's not like the major center of attention anymore for mm -hmm. the politics and the governments at least. Interesting, interesting. Well, heck, even at that, you know, talking about New Republic, we've seen Coruscant. Maybe eventually, like, kind of like Clone Wars did for the prequel trilogy, maybe eventually we'll just get the whole, a bunch of Hosnian Prime stuff in some of these shows just backdropped in there because then that'll actually make us value Hosnian Prime getting blown away in The Force Awakens. Like, maybe yeah. we'll get a whole three episodes dealing with Hosnian Prime related planets. Like, of course, we could be still dealing with Mando and Bo-Katan and all these characters. But if it's in like the Hosnian Prime system, eventually, then that would actually value that moment in The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have Derpy Entertainment. I'm watching the episode right now, and it just occurred to me that the woman that tricked the scientist has to be working with someone. They have no motivation in a timeline. My theory is Thrawn, but just a theory. And we're going to end with that. So... Yeah, I mean, by all see all means, I mean, I took it that she's some kind of double agent, right? I mean, she turns up the crank. She's trying to basically fry his mind. I think she does that. I think she fries his mind so that the New Republic can't use any of the information. So she was sent by somebody to be like, okay, you got to take care of this guy before he squeals. He can't be telling too much about what's happening. You got to go in there on the inside and make sure he's, he's done. You know, so I, I feel like that could be what that purpose is, but maybe somebody has a different idea than me, but that's what, what occurred to me. I mean, so that sounds reasonable to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's the exact direction they're going. I think it's going to just... We're eventually going to get to the Thrawn stuff. Like, that's going to be eventually down... Like, whether it be the end of this season... Like, that's my overarching big prediction of this season. I think we're going to get a Thrawn reference eventually, probably in the finale. But... I could see this kind of being the step st stepping stone where she is doing this for Gideon and then Gideon, we'll see Gideon eventually report to Thrawn. Because I've said it from the first season. Gideon, Gideon isn't big enough to be the big villain of this entire scope of shows. He's not. So like, it's just, even though I love John Carlos Esposito, it's just, I feel like his character specifically, it just isn't big enough yet to uh, to be the big bad. So I think he's just, like, she's the stepping stone to Gideon, and Gideon's the stepping stone to Thrawn. Like, because I th eventually we're going to get Gideon reporting, reporting to Thrawn or something along those lines, I feel like. Yeah, and so with that being said, let's see how much we valued this episode. We're going to give our thoughts and scores out of 10. I'll throw it over to Milton. Yeah, overall, you know, I understood both stories. I understood what the stories meant and the overall theme of this episode to me was redemption. You know, Mando and, uh, you know, Bo achieved it. You know, Pershing thought that's what he was doing. However, it didn't work out for him. Um, 
this could have been told in two separate episodes, in my opinion. I think it was. I felt like they crammed two episodes into one. Uh, to me, it made this episode very, uh, like un- unattractive to me. Again, I- I'll go back and rewatch this eventually, but it, to me, it just felt too cluttered, too much. Could have been two separate episodes. However, both stories told separately, I think, were fine. Love the visuals. Love the dogfights. Love, love the Coruscant. I mean, anytime we're on Coruscant, you. I'm I'm a perk up and watch because Coruscant is is a childhood thing for all of us. So mm-hmm. uh, this episode wasn't trash, you know. I'm very clear to say that. So I I think from to be fair, if I had to individually score these episodes, they're very high because they're both together, and I don't like how they put them together. Yeah, it's a seven point five. Okay. That's fair. And, you know, what goes on with the episode, a lot of it is editing. So, yeah, editing could have been improved. I agree with that. That's why I'm giving this. um, I'm also going to give this. Well, I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. Really great world building. Transitions, as we keep saying, could have been done better. But I really liked the story as a whole. Everything that Milton said. I just loved all the little Easter eggs. Fantastic production values. I mean, gosh, looking at those tie interceptors and the and that move that Bo-Katan pulled off right at the end there. She like puts up one of the uh, the wings and just spins around 180. It's like, what the heck? This is this is Star Wars on a small screen. So yeah, throwing it over to Ben. Yeah, for me, I think the episode overall. You know, I can agree with both of you guys on a lot of your points. Like, I think the overall episode was was pretty solid. You know, we had some really good stuff at the beginning and end. We had some solid stuff in the middle. Um, to me, you know, the action was really good. The overall, the stories of each arc or each piece of the episode, I think both stories were very good um, as, you know, for what they were. And just overall, like, the implications of, like, the Empire still being around. I think that was... The, the redemption, obviously, for all the characters involved. Mando, Bo-Katan, um, all of them. Like, you know, redemption for them... And then just the overall, like, the Empire still being around, I think, was my big takeaway from this week's episode. And then, of course, as you mentioned, Chris, like, there's plenty of Easter eggs. And, of course, going back to Coruscant's really nice. You know, so this is a funny thing. So, uh, like I said, when I'm watching these episodes at 3 in the morning, my first thought when when we got into, like, the the more uh, middle part of the episode, I was thinking of Chris. I was like, man, he's going to like this because this is, like, Andor. And then... My, literally, as soon as we went to Coruscant, my first thought, I looked over at my buddy and I said, oh, man, Milton's going to love this going to Coruscant. Because, like, that was my first thought was Milton. I was like, yep, he's going to love this stuff. Um, so, yeah, like, I think overall, like, expanding the show and expanding the planets we're going to is really nice. Even though we've been to Coruscant, obviously, before in other shows and movies, it's great getting to see it in this form. Um, and overall, I just think it's a, it's a, it's a good stepping stone in this coming week with um, having Floney involved with writing the next episode, I think it's going to be a good kind of bounce-off point leading into next week. I really do. Yes. So, um, so yeah, so with that, uh, you know, as you mentioned, Milton, I could score each of these episodes individually, but since they were put together and not edited the best, I would have to give this one a 7.5. All right, two 7.5s and an 8, so we're pretty close on our scores there. Half a point off for transitions. Got it. <laughs> yep. Oh man, it, 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 I'll, I'll be real though. If this if this episode was was spliced up a little more, like a little more evenly, if Mando was spread out throughout, this would be an eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they could have gone 
done dealt with the mythosaur come yep. out of there go on their ship and then before the space flood they could have done like maybe 20 minutes of the pershing stuff then cut back to oh here we are yep. we're being attacked and again yeah i could see that i could see that so there you go what were your thoughts what were your scores on a mandalorian we'd like to see them we got an eight out of ten for dark nerdy gonzo oh yeah so there we go there we go so that's gonna do it for our look at mandalorian uh, real quick, before I forget, I found a fun thing going on Twitter right now. If you follow the Twitter handle at Utini, who deals with a lot of the Star Wars literature, the publishing, they have been doing a March Madness every day. They're putting up multiple books, and they are allowing us to vote on which book will proceed to the next round. I'm, I'm having one heck of a time going through these, because lately it's been like a legend book versus a... A canon book. They just released the results for Alphabet Squadron versus Rogue Squadron, and man, oh man, that was close. It was like by like 50 votes for Rogue Squadron, um, and then they just put out like the Rising Storm versus um, another book. I didn't, so it's really fun if you want to get involved because I I missed the days. I don't know if you guys remember this, but at least the StarWars.com before like all the big Star Wars movies came out, like you know 2010s, 11s, whatever they were doing. A Star Wars March Madness with characters. They could like yep. literally go and vote. And I used to love doing that. Oh, yeah. That was always so much fun. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. There you go. There you go. So, what are you guys going to be up to this week? Milton? Uh, just have plans. Getting together with some friends tomorrow. And uh, really not doing much on Sunday. Just like said, just trying to recover from this past week. Mm -hmm. There you go. We can follow you where? You can follow me on Instagram at Milton7Weber. Uh, and in Twitter, you can find me at MiltonWeber7. And there you go. What about you, Ben? Um, yeah, I don't really have too much planned this weekend. Uh, probably just... I don't even have shows to catch up on now that now that Last of Us is gone. I don't, I don't really have any shows to catch up on. Uh, so I'm probably just going to find some series or something to start. I was thinking of actually picking up WWE's new game and just trying that out on Xbox. Oh, um, yeah. Just because, yeah, that just came out. I don't know if it's on Game Pass yet, but I'm going to check that out, actually. And then, um, and then, yeah, and then work out. I'm continuing to diet down like another two pounds from last Friday, actually, which is really nice. And, uh, yeah, continuing just to, you know, work on all that fun fitness stuff. So, uh you know, if you want to find me talking about Star Wars and fitness, you can follow me on Twitter at Real Ben Maynard. And if you want to follow along with me posting most of my workouts and just my overall progress on this diet phase, you can follow me on Instagram at Real Ben Maynard. There you go. And as far as for me, as I said, I've been doing those companion videos to Mandalorian. I put out one about, hey, is that the Mythosaur? And what is the history of the Mythosaur in Star Wars? I also put out a video about hey, what happened on Coruscant in between Return of the Jedi and Mandalorian? So I put out that video as well. Go check that out. I also put out reviews for Jedi, uh, not Survivor, Jedi Battle Scars, which Battle takes Scars. place in between Fallen Order and Survivor. I also put out a review for another video game time book, which is Star Wars Hunters Battle for the Arena. So yeah, a lot of Star Wars video game tie-in reviews on the channel that have been uploaded in the last week so i appreciate if you would go and check that out giving a shout out to everybody that has joined us in the chat we have i am super not we have dark nerdy gonzo we have aaron daly we have 
Derpy Entertainment. Thanks, everybody, for joining in. And, of course, as I said off the top, you can join us every week. We'll be here next week, Friday at 9 o'clock Eastern on this very YouTube channel. And if you are on the go, go ahead and download the podcast on any of your podcast network apps of choice. Just search Outer Rim Transmission. But other than that, this was episode 100 miles. So we're in the triple digits officially on this podcast. We want to thank once again, everybody for helping us on our journey to hit episode 100. Here's to 100 episodes of Outer Rim Transmissions coming at you. We got two more weeks until celebration or three more weeks, two more weeks of this podcast. And I'm going to be going hiatus for two weeks as I gallivant through Europe there. Um, but yes, there's a lot more to talk when we get back from that. But as far as that, we have two more episodes of Bad Batch or two more weeks to talk about Bad Batch and Mandalorian. So we look forward to discussing that next time. So for Ben, for Milton, for I, Chris, a.k.a. Starupper, thank you everybody for joining us and for listening and watching. That's going to do it for episode 100 and transmission.